You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, this is Scott Galloway, NYU professor, best-selling author, serial entrepreneur, and the host of the PropG Markets podcast. For nearly two years, PropG Markets has brought listeners unfiltered analysis on high-flying stocks, burgeoning sectors, stupid acquisitions, and master of the universe CEOs. Starting May 20th, Prop G Markets is launching a new feed with two episodes per week. What a thrill! The good news? I know how to get your rich. The answer? It's on Prop G Markets. Don't miss out. Listen and subscribe to Prop G Markets wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Are we coffee talking? We're coffee talking. Except oh, I don't have a coffee. All right, let's go. Uh, welcome. Let's go. Welcome to Coffee Talk. My name is Esther Lin. This is EPC Leiden. That over there on the other side of the frame is Jose Youngs. I'm the photographer for MMA Fighting, and these are my colleagues. <laughs> Hi, co- Hi, colleague. L- laughing at me. Um, this is our. Uh, post-event discussion show, Coffee Talk, uh, but we're going to combine three events into one, and usually we do it over a cup of coffee, uh, and so Casey and I are drinking uh, this Zoka Coffee Paladino Espresso Blend, and despite the fact that it's an espresso blend, I did a pour over, so I don't know. Um, but let's take it over to Jose, who is, uh, tell us where you are and what you're drinking. I am in the Dallas airport. I got off my, so I'm in the, in the connecting flight uh, from Jacksonville to Dallas. 90% of the plane, well, the whole plane was full again, uh, but it was about 90% UFC staff, fighters, or other journalists. So we were all, I at least know we we're all tested. Uh, so I'm not as stressed, but I am drinking nothing because there are no coffee shops open in this terminal <laughs> because of social distancing. Uh, uh, coffee dog doesn't exist in pandemic times. No, and for everyone who follows me knows my body is pretty much made of coffee, so Jose is not a happy person right <laughs> now. <laughs> oh no, what are we going to do? We'll discuss what coffee have, have you been drinking all week, because we did we did shoot some video of your, your fancy, um, your barista station in your hotel room. <laughs> oh my god, it was, uh, I don't know what brand it was, but they gave you like six or eight variations of coffee so those like french rose dark house blend and then they give you one cardboard cup like one 
So you have eight coffees in one cup. And like, obviously room service can come and switch it out, but I usually have all my camera equipment. So I don't like room service coming because I don't want them to be around all the equipment. So I basically would have to go downstairs to the Starbucks in the lobby, which is the only thing open and just ask for a cup. And they would like they at the beginning they were like it'll be a dollar and I was like can I just have a cup and they were like whatever just take the cup. So I, yeah, so I basically just drank hotel coffee all day because all day every day uh, my heart almost exploded. Uh, drank coffee at Wayne's, drank coffee at fights. The coffee at Wayne's was incredibly burnt. Um, so yeah, all in all, if I'm grading this week just on caffeine intake, I. Imagine this is one of the most the, the most caffeine I've ever ingested in my life in eleven days, and none of it was good coffee. So, so uh, crappy pandemic coffee. Hey, we were at home. Yeah. We had great coffee all week, so I don't know. Yeah, okay. Got. Sorry, bud. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, guy. <laughs> so, um, are you recording? We've been recording the whole time. <laughs> so, um, how long were you in Jacksonville? I was in Jacksonville from the, I don't even know days anymore, but I got in last. So the, the first fights were May 9th, correct? So then I believe I got there May 7th and then I'm leaving. What's today? May 17th. So I was there for about 10 or 11 days. Uh, just pretty much. But you say in Jacksonville and I say in the hotel because you could tell me I was in Jacksonville and I would have to believe you because I didn't venture out at all. Uh, maybe just over the bridge because there's a nice river walk just to get out of the hotel. But uh, I was basically confided in a about one, like half a mile radius. Uh, everyone was. And at the end, we were slowly starting to lose our minds. Uh, uh, Jacksonville is uh, also known as the city of bridges, apparently, according to There were so many. There were so <laughs> many. Um I told you, like, I was texting, I was like, I need batteries. So, like, I would walk to go over the bridge to get the Walgreens that didn't even ended up not existing. And, like, both times, Oscar Willis, uh, the Mac Life, did the, the preview show for 249. We got stuck waiting for the drawbridge both times because there's so many yachts and boats. And I think there were one, two, three, there were four bridges. I could look out the window of my hotel and see <laughs> four bridges. So, whoever said that is so accurate. <laughs> That's that's your big takeaway from um three fight three fights in one coffee, week. Bad coffee, hella bridges, and fighting. That's the three three things that made up my week. The the good thing is that um the fights were all actually very good. Yeah. Um I just wanted to get your impression of how um how how it went for for you and for the fighters, like what what you saw while you were there. Just in general? Well it's <laughs> it's interesting because like the journalists and the staff like we were pretty much there the whole time and fighters would trickle in trickle out depending on fights even the ufc pr team would they like had us they wrote they rotated so like there was like a group of them that did the pay-per-view and then they went home and then a new one came in for the wednesday and the new one came in for Saturday. so it wasn't they weren't just there the whole time um so it was I was seeing everyone get tested, pretty much everyone. Like when I got tested, I tested with Dan Henderson, Daniel Cormier, Laura Sanko. Uh, and then by sat by Friday, the Jacare news broke, but every, by then everyone had been tested. But then Sunday after the Saturday fights, a new group of fighters comes in. So then they all have to get retested. Um, so the lobby was always really full, but it was always everyone was spread out because it's mostly people trying to test and there were markings all over the floor. I had to get temp, I still have my temp check bracelet on. 
You have to get temp checked every single morning. Uh, and then they just they swap out your wristband. Um, so if I have to say anything, it was efficient. Uh, there were signs everywhere uh, saying the hours you can check in. Um, I obviously felt much safer staying at that hotel than I would anywhere else, uh, even though there were potential risks of people having the coronavirus. I, I felt very safe, but everyone was wearing masks. The only ones that weren't wearing masks were Bryce Mitchell and Sam Alvey and Dana. Those are the only three people I saw not wearing masks. Uh, even at the fights, everyone was wearing masks. Like the, the ring card girl, uh, Brittany Palmer, was wearing a mask. Bruce Buffer, uh, Renee, the PR person. Heidi was wearing a purple because you know how, if you guys know Heidi, she's a huge fan of Prince. Yeah. She had a she had a purple uh, <laughs> no face way. mask. Nice. Yeah, she had a she had a purple face mask the whole time. So it was b- by the end of this these ten days. I think a lot of people were just really tired of seeing the same group of people every single day. It was, it got pretty, it was, it was, I can't describe it. It was brutal. Yeah. Because normally our, our fight weeks, you no, know, we, we kind of have our standard fight weeks, which usually you get there Tuesday, we leave yeah. Sunday and that's kind of, yeah. it, you have this rhythm, you feel it, but everything was, I guess everything was just, there was no, everything was just thrown off. There was like, like, yeah, how, yeah. there was, there were, no, there were no, there were no, slow days like even so like wednesday so like we had the fight saturday and then sunday like we still have work because we have all the post fight stuff to do and then monday i guess was a down day that was pretty much the only one because then tuesday no monday was even virtual media day so we had all that uh tuesday was weigh-ins wednesday was fights and and then uh wednesday's fights thursday media day Friday wins, Saturday fights. So it's just like bang, 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 bang. You're just constantly doing the same three-day stretch. We basically did media day, wins, fights. Media day, wins, fights. It's nine days in a row. So I, my camera equipment pretty much never left my bag. Uh, but if anyone watched the Wayne show, we were all just delirious. We're like, I can't, I can't look at another person stand on a scale right now. I just can't. <laughs> so I have a question, actually, because we've done, um, over the course of our time working these shows we've done a couple of times when there have been multiple fights per week right uh like th- uh, ufc 194 had three events yeah. in one week that kind of stuff did this feel worse because it was spread out over a longer period of time or do you pref- do you like do you which one do you prefer like like the crushed I, in or the spread out i'm in in that specific scenario i much preferred 194 because the the big title fight was at the end mm. like we peaked so early like the pay-per-view was just amazing and then after that like wednesday and saturday were good but it was like every like a lot some of the journals didn't even stick around for wednesday and saturday so media day like the media room was me john morgan and oscar that was the media asking questions so it got to the point where like as everyone knows john morgan like always asks the first like three four questions and i'm like i don't he asked all the questions i'm just gonna make something up so it's not just a john morgan scrum so like me and oscar were just like we would toss questions in now and then, but it was I, I much prefer them all right there because, uh, again, you're right. It's not spread out. You don't feel stuck in one place, and uh, we peaked really early right out of the gate. Yeah, and when we had those UFC events with three events in one week, it was still one week. Yeah, still I mean, one it, it was, week. It was still a yeah. normal Tuesday through Sunday. It was just – or Tuesday yeah. – yeah, it was just – and so, you could leave the hotel. You could leave the like, hotel. We could shake. You could shake hands of people. You could, yeah. <laughs> you could get within a foot of people. You know, like we. I was staying on. Like my floor was like filled with fighters, and at the end, we were all like, it was felt like a small community of like everyone going through this ordeal. Like 
like me, like Lene of the UFCPR was the only one that stayed there the whole time. And she was like, I feel like, like we're just a weird family right now <laughs> because we've literally <laughs> just been working together for 11 days and now we just don't want to see each other at all. Anymore. It was, it's, it's, I, there's not, I've not experienced anything like it covering fights yeah, in my life. You, you know, it's weird. Like, because originally the original plan, there was supposed to be another card in Jacksonville this Saturday. Oh, I know. And I was just 23rd, thinking, yeah. that's just for the crew. Like, that's almost, that's just impossible. That's just, that's just, that's deadly. <laughs> and yeah, just we, decided, we, we thought that um, when they had set, when they had announced that it might be in Jacksonville again, actually what deterred it was the staff. The staffing and the crew and all the people who have been there for so long, their, um, their exhaustion was going to come across. And you could kind of tell oh, yeah. because like over the weeks, um, just people started getting a little less careful. Over the weeks. weeks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> over the week. Felt like weeks. People started getting a little less careful about their PPE and stuff like that. And mainly just because you could tell people were just exhausted. Um, and it really actually does come across. And even though the show was um, smooth and there weren't any mistakes, it still felt like you could tell that the crew was pretty tired. Well, and I can say what you saw was probably smooth but talking to some just ufc staff from like behind the scenes it was not it was very like a stressful environment like i i spoke with someone who works for the digital team who he does they they do like like you know the the the, the media gets like quotes like emails you right after it's just like a real quick like two sentences like he has to do all that with the fighters but then he also has to send it all out he said that the tech, like the internet and technology and everything was constantly crashing. It was like the most stressful, stress-inducing time he's ever been in, in the UFC. Uh, and then Dana comes in, and then right before Dana comes in to do like his little uh, digital thing, like the internet just goes down. So then they're scrambling again at the last second. So I can say it looked really smooth on camera, but it was like, as you know, what I was going through with my own audio issues, it was pretty, pretty stressful and chaotic behind the scenes for a lot of people. So now that you've done this and you've, you've um, well, actually, real quickly, how much time do you have left before you have to get on your next flight? Yeah. Um, I think about 45 minutes, so we should be good. Okay. Yeah, just, yeah, just, yeah. just for people at home, make, just make sure, where, where do, do they know where Jose's at? Tell them. Yeah, like, let's, uh, let's remind uh, the listeners I am and in, viewers here. I'm in the, da- I am in the Dallas airport. Luckily, I'm, this is my terminal, so I'm not, I don't have to go anywhere. Um, I can see, like, Courtney Case and Jakar close over there because they're also going back to phoenix so like i said this whole flight my first flight was ufc staff and fighters and a lot of them now have to go to phoenix too hey she's she's 50k richer you're not wrong good on her that was that was that was a, that was a slick arm bar it yeah was. that was good props to the props to the, the ufc cameraman too for catching that yeah there was, it was the angle was perfect it was they, they kept one shot they didn't they didn't do any wwe cuts to make four cuts <laughs> in one one move so it was like it was that's, good and you know that's, that's that's the benefit of the empty arena we heard the scream yeah. oh yeah oh yeah Dude, that you're was, a sicko uh, i'm sorry like, oh, I, I could hear the fighters scream I'm really liking this pandemic era MMA. I'm the, uh, the body shots are what stand out to me. Oh yeah, it's like sounds. punching a bat. It's like it's like having a slab of meat in front of you and just like punching it. That's like like my I, I tense up. Like I can't remember which one it was. I think it was when Justin Gaethje got low blowed and then Tony Ferguson came out hot and opened with like a body shot. I was just like oh, like my body just like like reverberated through my chair. <laughs> Yeah, it was uh, Overeem's. Like not Overeem. Overeem's was crazy, uh, but Ngannou's knockout was the the sound of Jairzinho bouncing off the fence stands out to me much more than the punch. 
Um, so it's these sounds that you don't think about that like make my muscles just tense up uh, when I would watch them. How did um how quickly did the new normal get normal in the sense that when you saw the oh, first fight geez. night, whoa, no crowd, this is weird. But by last night, by time you know the ninth, tenth fight of the night, you're like, okay, normal, no crowd, fighting, I can hear uh, everything. <laughs> I'd probably say after the first one. Uh, the yeah. first one was like unique. Like I was remember I was sending all of you guys like pictures of like we have a ring girl. Look, they're disinfecting the stuff. They're doing this. They're doing that. But by by Wednesday, it's just like yeah, we already know all this. We already know the drill. We know where we're going. Like not only that, but it was the same to sign seating. Like the meeting room had assigned seating for social distancing. So I basically went from my station to the Octagon side, station, Octagon side. Like it got to the point where the security guards were obviously security guards for the arena, not the UFC. To the point where it was the same security guards that would just have conversations with us about because we'd see them for like 11 hours, like three times a week. So they, we all just started talking between fights. So it was, it was a unique experience for sure. When you get home now, you're going to have to quarantine for two weeks. What's that going to be like? It's... Why, well, why do you have to I, quarantine? Explain. Oh, yeah. 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 No, maybe explain. Well, even the, US, the UFC medical team, like, suggested that. I mean, they can't enforce it, but they're like, um, you've been tested and such, but you've also, like, been around a lot of uh, people and uh, obviously, like, Jacques Array tested positive. So they want... They basically, as a safety and they suggest you quarantine for two weeks just in case uh but i was going to do that anyway they, they would have to tell me because it would be foolish of me to be around a bunch of professional fighters who are coming from all different parts of the world and then going back to where i'm from i could be asymptomatic for all i know um and then getting someone else sick so i i was gonna do they, they didn't have to tell me to do that that was that was obviously a no-brainer and both Which the, will make it interesting because we we're talking some media. If, if Dana wants to do this every fight night, every fight every week, they can't really quarantine for two weeks and then go cover a fight week after week after week after week. Um, so it's going to be interesting in terms of media. And, and, and it's got to be noted too for people at home that while you're in the hotel, yes, everyone was tested and whatnot, but your flight to and from. You're in a you're you're in a packed flight. No no social distancing on this flight, right? Yeah, none, not at all. I mean, some. I mean, you even said it. There was a moment when I was just getting like a breakfast sandwich downstairs, and there was like fighters and coaches, and for whatever reason, like there was like a, I don't know what it was, but there was a lot of National Guard members in this hotel too. So you saw a lot of people walking around in fatigues. By Thursday or Friday, I feel like a lot of people were getting, not a lot, but a few people were getting a little too relaxed with it, like less masks, uh, less social distancing, and some, like a lot of, I felt bad for this hotel staff because they would have to like deal with all that. They'd have to tell people to like, like if you looked at the restaurant, they would have like this, this, this table's closed, this table's closed, this table's closed, and people would keep trying to sit there. Uh, and they'd be like, I'm fine, I'm fine. And I'm like, no, you, you can't sit there because it's like this is six feet between tables. This table is closed. So I felt bad for the hotel staff. But, yeah, it was. I, I, by the end of it, some people weren't taking it as seriously. So you just want to take every precaution. Were you in your room and that whole Marvin Vittori, uh, Roberson thing happened? Oh, funny you mentioned that. I am fairly certain I was maybe one or two doors down from Marvin, who all of a sudden I hear a lot of screaming in a in a uh, accent I cannot understand. 
Uh, and then I see the footage. So I think he, I don't know this to be certain, but I'm pretty sure he took a while to calm down in this hotel room. Oh. But I heard a lot of screaming on that floor <laughs> right around that time. Interesting. <laughs> so um, uh, tell me a little bit more about this Arizona thing that might happen. <laughs> yeah. So um, living in Arizona, our governor, Doug Ducey, uh, I believe it was Friday. So two days, two, three days ago, um, while we're recording this, announced professional sports can go on in our state. Um, it's, it's the point where a lot of bars and restaurants like are just open. Like there's no rules. Like it's like if the restaurant is comfortable opening and not doing social distancing, like go at it. A lot of them aren't doing that. They're still just doing curbside pickup and delivery, but uh, the governor wants to bring all the sports back. I'm sure you guys have heard. Uh, he, he, he welcomes the MLB to just have all their games in our spring training facilities in front of no fans. It's all in front of no fans. I shouldn't say that, but which would be stupid because it's too hot to play baseball outside in Arizona. That's why our ballpark has their tactical roof. But once that was announced and Dana said May 30th may or may not be in the apex because of, of Las Vegas uh, and mayor and the Nevada governor there, they might not be ready for May. It might be closer to June, specifically the casinos. Um, Arizona would make sense. It's only a four-hour drive south. We have an arena. Uh, it's right. It's closer to the hotel than the hotel I was at just in Jacksonville, to the Jacksonville arena. It's close to two hospitals. It's on a train. It's near the airport. It is in the middle of downtown, uh, and Arizona is open, so that might be a little alarming. But Arizona just made sense uh, unless they wanted to come back to Jacksonville. And I guess they could technically go to Texas, but I don't think they want to go back to Texas after all the – judging fiasco from the houston card we were all at so houston arizona just made sense and i asked dana to his face and he said 100 if we can't get the apex we will 100 go to arizona so i might have to know the quarantine card but i get to sleep in my own bed this time why why aren't they going why is it why isn't the ufc going back to florida i'm like i'm kind of if they if everything he sure. was so he's speaking I, so highly of it and stuff he's like oh florida rules jacksonville is awesome and but we're not coming back that is i was kind of confused a good on that. question I, I was wondering that too. I never got a definitive answer. Yeah. I think he just, I know the it's apex is what he wants. Maybe it's Which just like, it will, it will be so last. Like if it does, if, if it, if the apex does happen, it will be last minute. For, I cause it's like right around this. Like he's like, we talked to him yesterday and the fight's supposed to be two weeks. And he's like, the apex is the plan. It might not happen. I assume he just doesn't want to ship everything across the country again. And then all of a sudden, say Apex is a go, and they have to ship everything back. While in Phoenix to Vegas, you can just drive it up and right. back really quick. That makes it's, more it's sense. It's not. It's not quite difficult. Yeah, and the governor is very much like, "Come on down." Yeah, actually, that make, it makes more practical sense in terms of just uh, uh, logistics. But they don't. So. They don't have a place because they don't have a place for next week. Well, originally they they were going to fight next. Week. I'm just saying. It's just well, there's obviously stuff we don't know. Yeah, the, the, May, the May yeah. twenty the May twenty third car got pushed to May thirtieth. So we were all joking. Could Dan because like there was like I heard we had all heard that it might be June first is when the UFC can start doing cards in in Las Vegas. So just start the fight at twelve oh one. June 1st in the apex, but that was more of a joke. I, again, there's a lot of questions we don't know. And it might not even be in Arizona. Like, I all joked with all the other media. Like, I'll see you in a couple weeks in Arizona, but for all we know, it could be Las Vegas. We're back at Tachi. Yeah. Tachi. Who knows? Maybe, Who knows? Maybe Mickey Mouse is going to clear it and like, ah, do have your bites at Tachi. Whatever. I wish. <laughs> all right. 
No, 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 I'm not done. Oh. I was going to ask if you had another question because I feel no, like no. You, you had something in mind that you wanted to ask. I'm looking. <laughs> um, now that... Oh yeah, we're just we're showing off our coffee cups now. I like that black that black mug a lot. What does your what does your what does your coffee mug say yesterday? It says black metal, black shirts, and black coffee. Three of my favorite things. And yes, it's black coffee inside. Good. It's the only way to drink coffee. I got oat milk in my. <laughs> yeah, you would. <laughs> um. What was your favorite moment of all three fights? Of all three, of all three cards? fight cards. Yeah. Your favorite, you're like, you know what? Like someone asks you, like just give me one memory of it. What, what's your... The Justin Gaethje winning, like the fight itself was really cool, but I have seen Justin Gaethje fight so much outside of the UFC because he's from Arizona. So I remember watching him fight when he was like 3-0, 4-0. I saw both of his... Like he had two fights against Luis Palomino when he defended his World Series of Fighting Championship in Arizona. To the point where the entire town of Safford, Arizona, came to the fight in like it was a it was a music venue with the state with the with a cage up against the stage. Maybe 500 people were there, and it was like all of his friends and family. And those were two of the most violent wars I've ever seen in my life. And I remember thinking like he's doing this for 500 people. Imagine what happens to the UFC. I, I was hoping he would get to the UFC before he before it all caught up to him. And I think that was the fear of a lot of people. So then he had that war against Michael John. Johnson right out of the gate I was like oh no. like it was I was glad people could finally see it because I had been watching Justin Gaethje fight for so long but to see him actually win a UFC championship and like I've interviewed him a lot these past few months in person whether it be at Dominus Media Days or Media Days in general and I always ask him like what's more important the belt or Habib and he was always like Habib is the most important thing I don't care if it's not for the belt I just want to fight Habib because he's the best and now it's not only fighting Habib, it's also for a unification bout on an historic fight island card. So Justin Gaethje winning just was interesting because, like, you guys have known fighters from, like, like, you guys have known Angela Hill since, what, she was, like, one and one? Yeah, Like, much. when she, if she wins the UFC championship, it's just going to feel like a bigger deal to you than if, like, Cloudy Gadalian wins. Like, it would be, like, we're obviously journalists, so we're unbiased, but there's still some emotional connection to watching a fighter from their first fight to all of a sudden win a championship. That's what I felt like when I watched Justin Gaethje, because I, he won a state championship in Arizona in high school, in, in Glendale, and then he fought, he headlined a UFC car there. It was very surreal watching him win that championship. And uh, Safford, Arizona just lit up fireworks when he won like people were like people that i know from Safford were like tweeting like what are all these fireworks for and people are like justin gage you won so like this, the the town itself is like i don't the town is so tiny there's like a walmart and like that's it that's like the only thing in the town so the fact that someone from Safford, arizona won a championship is crazy is it gonna be weird when fans are actually allowed to see fights again because i feel like yeah, i feel it's kind of it normal now really it really, really will. Like I, I hate to say it, but I really like the no fans because a, I love hearing punches. I love hearing corners. Uh, like you guys were all saying, like Eric, like Walt Harris and Eric Anderson's corners probably didn't do the best job on uh, Saturday, and then even the main event between like Justin Gaethje and Tony Ferguson, like from the fourth and fifth round, Tony Ferguson got just lit up. So what coach did they set on on the feet? It was all striking. 
So which one of his corner men did they send into the octagon? Eddie Bravo. Freaking Eddie Bravo. Like what is just Eddie roll. Bravo? Just say? keep rolling. Just, just roll into him. Like what is what is Eddie Bravo gonna say to Tony Ferguson? He, he would be the first one to say that. What am I? What am I doing right now? But uh, yeah, I I like a lot of fighters like the no fans too. But it was pretty 50-50. But uh, it's gonna be weird with no fans. I don't. It's gonna feel. It's. I think when fans come back, it's gonna feel like the first. It's gonna feel like two forty nine, where it was surreal for like one night, and then all of a sudden it became normal again. So that first fight with no with fans is is going to feel weird. Yeah, to me. To me, just watching him from home, the only fight I honestly missed not seeing fans or would have changed would really changed the experience was uh, Gaethje versus Ferguson. I feel like a full arena. I mean, the fight goes yeah. the same most likely, but I think I, I would have different memories. But the fact that I have memories of hearing all those punches, hearing them talk to each other, yeah. <laughs> hearing Justin Gaethje, the human highlight here, human highlight reel, one of the toughest dudes on the planet. Just moaning like, "Oh my balls!" That's something we're not going to get the experience. What a special moment we got to all share. That's the most memorable moment. Like in <laughs> a specific fight, it's just Justin Gaethje screams of agony from getting a low blow. Yeah, it's going to be. Uh, I I'm going to miss it. I I hopefully it's not three fight cards in ten days or seven days because even Dana was like, "I can't wait to leave Jacksonville right now." <laughs> yeah. uh, but I'm I'm going. I'm going to like. I hope you guys like. I hope you guys can experience it before the fans come back because it's undescribable. It's very like you've like you've seen tough and you've seen the contender series. It's ten times weirder. I think the apex is going to be. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the same because you've been inside the apex. Yeah. It's kind. It's small. It's yeah. built to be small. This was like. 15,000 empty seats so the echoes were crazy so I hope you guys can see a, a crazy empty arena fight before they go to the Apex because I can't describe it yeah because the Apex is designed essentially as a TV studio uh, for yes. fights so it's um it's definitely the audio the audio experience all of that stuff is going to be a lot different um, <laughs> someone's just screaming in the background where you are um, when um you want us to experience this, but what, what was the main, what's the thing, like, my favorite part was when you were describing how, um, when Justin Gaethje got hit, and then he had to apologize to his coach. Yeah. Um, what other, like, were there any little moments like that last uh, last night, or on the Wednesday card that kind of, like, stood out, just kind of weird moments that you, be, you basically will never get again because you won't be able to hear what's what's going yeah. on. Yeah, uh, Sajara Eubanks' fight was really interesting because she was basically like she was on top of Sarah Morris and like her she was like looking at her coaches. And her coach was like, "All right, left leg." She's like, "All right, yep." What's next? And then basically, it's like she's at a seminar, and like Ricardo Almeida was like giving her a lesson and we could hear like every step he said and she was like doing it the whole time so it's basically watching a professional fighter just learn a move in the middle of a fight um who was it the the uh, ray borg uh ricky simone fight was really because they talked a lot and like ricky simone was like you look like me and ray borg was like you look like me and then they just start <laughs> then they just started fighting again um so it's it's like little moments like that. Uh, how, and who was it? how uncomfortable was? Well, maybe it wasn't. Was Glover versus um, Anthony Smith? That, did, did that feel different? Empty arena. Yes, it was like I would describe it as 
someone takes like a pillow and just makes it just like soaks it in water so you have a wet pillow and you ball it up and you just keep hitting a piece of meat over and over it wasn't like slicing punch it was just like thud 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 over and over and over it was like oh what are those um you you train casey what are those things you like people stand up and they like practice elbows and ground and pounds on it's a huge bag that lays oh yeah down. yeah just a, it's a it sounded like that but it echoed and it wasn't uncomfortable more like it was scary because you we, you could see like we saw anthony smith's teeth come out and like when he went to his corner i could hear like my teeth are falling out and i was like don't say that like don't tell your coaches that so knowing that and watching like the punches the, the and like because when you hit some and when you hit someone and they're, and they're standing like it, it snaps back but when you just hit them and it just goes and their head stays there it's a different sound so i would say more scary than uh uncomfortable i thought i thought anthony smith was gonna lose his eye at one point gonna hit so much and Overeem's, uh, the, the beatdown of Overeem was like the beat, the Overeem Harris fight, it would, it's obviously emotional and it probably would have been really quiet no matter at the end, no matter what, especially because Overeem won. But when, when Harris was like just putting it on him, the fans would have been, they would have lost their minds seeing Walt Harris like have this moment that, that he was so close to victory. They, who knows if they could have willed him to the victory or if he would have made a mistake. But uh, when, when Overeem hit that switch in reverse, I could like – you know there's moments where there's like this crazy flurry against the cage and then someone reverses and pushes it against the fence to catch their breath and the crowd just goes – just starts booing. Like I've seen so many fights like that that I could just picture what like I – could, I could hear the fans in my mind when Harris is going nuts. And as soon as Overeem hits that switch and then pushes against the fence, I just hear boo like in my mind. Um <laughs> But it was, uh, yeah, that one. That one was rough too. Seeing seeing Overeem getting punched a lot, like, get, also getting punched in like the head and the body sounds a lot different from getting like you're punching like an elbow, like it's just like thud. It's like bone on fist. So it's it's those it's those sounds you don't think like you get pu- punches sound differently, and you could really they're really captured uh, with no fans. <sighs> Anything it was else? violent. If you like you like violence, <laughs> yeah. I can't. If you like violence and uh, watching technique, I really liked No Fan. The Song Yudong uh, Cheeto Vera fight, where they just like put their foreheads together at one point and were just like throwing hooks and elbows and knees and everything. It was just it just looked it, it sounded like like one time they kicked and their legs met. It just sound like two baseball bats sitting together so yeah can't like i'm trying to put this into terms that people like might know but i it's, it's hard it's the most unique experience i've ever had watching a fight uh yeah wow uh, i <laughs> i wish i was there just with a field recorder the the darren alkins fight too like when he there was a point where he got like punched and you could like hear the blood like splatter on the canvas like, cause it's like, cause like he, he got punched and he whipped. So it wasn't the punch that 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 made the blood. It was he punched and then he whipped his head around. So like he has all this hair that was like sweaty and blood just like whips across the canvas. It was, yeah, it was it was gruesome. There were a lot. There's a, the no fans made it a gruesome week. The overhead view of the cage um, was like it just looked like a blood sprinkler. 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it looked like there was Pretty a blood was. sprinkler or something. That was just that was just Darren Elkins getting like all this whip, his hair and head just getting whipped all around. Yeah, just it was, like blood. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, it was. Uh, I hope you guys in the spirit. Of, I hope you guys experience, because yeah, it's, it's 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 just it makes it more interesting. Like you can you can also focus on a lot more. Like for the Wiley Yoana fight, when they're doing all these insane techniques, like they're mirroring each other, the crowd is getting so into it that your heart rate elevates. But when there's no crowd, you can really like focus on like uh, like the the Danny Gay Barbosa one. Like Barbosa didn't throw a single kick, like that whole first round. Because Ige was just going left to right, left to right, left to right the whole time. Basically, had just, just did not did not give Barbosa any opportunity to throw like launch a launch a kick. And then he hits him with that flying that flying knee to the chin. Um, you can really just like watch the setups and the uh, the game plans much easier if there's no crowd in front of you, crowd around you. Huh. That's cool. So uh, if you're a fight fan, you should definitely go back and watch this I over again. Couldn't. Couldn't recommend like like I was talking with Ige like in the airport and he was saying like like because I was asking him, like it seemed like he threw a lot but they weren't loud like we expected he goes yeah like he maybe landed one kick to my leg but he would like eat it and throw like five punches so it's why he wasn't limping nearly as bad as most Barbosa like opponents are and I you could see it like watching that fight I'm like these kicks aren't landing at all and it's what really makes it noticeable is there's no like slap. It's just like a, it's like a glancing blow, and when there's crowds that drown out the sound, any kick that lands you think is loud, but with no fans, you can clearly hear just glances. So I think it'll it would be, it's clearly beneficial to the judges because like a leg kick that doesn't land sounds a lot different than a leg kick that does land. It's it's much more audible with no fans. Oh uh, well, then that actually brings me to one more quick question. So uh, people had issue with the judging um, <laughs> over the last few cards. Um, you, but you say that it was actually easier to hear the action and stuff yeah. like that. Do you think that, um, why, why do you think that, that there was the disparity in judging? If, if you think uh, there was. I didn't agree with the Angela Hill card. The Barbosa Ige one was 50-50 to me. I, I, I scored for Barbosa, but I won't argue that Ige and then I had Marlon Barra win. So I technically, I guess I would disagree with all three, but it's not like <laughs> you I'm have Elkins winning. I had right. Elkins winning too, actually. I thought Elkins didn't. I don't. But, but either way, was, I think he he definitely won the first round, and I don't I don't remember. This is too much. Uh, I don't think it was, it was just so much that felt like one long round yeah. instead of like three fifty three five minutes. But it's interesting. Maybe the that's a good question. I mean, Angela definitely had more like and specifically for that, or both for Angela's and the Vera fight. Vera and Angela definitely had more output for sure. And they were throwing more like combinations, like kicks, he- like kicks, knees, elbows, punches. But Song and Claudia would land like one clean punch that would be much louder than any of Angela's and Marlon's, uh, any of their strikes. So maybe that swayed the judges, like being able to hear the one hard punch over ten, like not glancing, but like killing them with bug bites strikes. So one power shot versus a bunch of technical shots. Maybe that swayed. You could also hear the, the the commentators very clearly. So maybe that could sway them too. That was that was. I was thinking like that might be a thing. Like if, like we've heard like what you were at what two forty cyborg Spencer, like cyborg dominated. But if you just listen to the replay, it sounds like it was a back and forth war. Yeah. But it was not. 
So like if that swayed the judges too, maybe I'm not quite sure. Uh, but Claudia's and Song's punches definitely were louder than Marlon's and Angel's. Like there, there's no like in my mind I could hear all like I, I can vividly remember punches and I just saw Angela and and Marlon just throwing a lot and hitting, but they weren't loud and echoey as Cla- as Claudia's and Song's. Anything else you want to add? Anything? Any other? cool cool shit you saw or cool shit you experienced that you just did not expect cool shit i didn't experience um i mean fighters walking by (laughs) fighters walking by meteoro seemed a lot more interactive with us because we have seen them so much so like people would walk by us and be like ah fuck I shouldn't have gotten punched in the face that time or something like that like he was telling me this I'm like don't talk tell me tell your coach but like I've been I've been in the elevator with this guy so many times that I have so many like so how's your day doing what are you getting off what kind what are you getting in your coffee oh nice sandwich like like these just normal conversations that when I would see a loser or a winner they would feel some obligation to like tell me something so that I was not expecting like Tony Ferguson like I've interviewed him a thousand times but I've never been like close or like I've never I, obviously I'm not trying to be friends with anyone but I've never had this rapport with him where I could just like I could see, he'll never came up to me and say hi Jose and I'll never go up and say like hi Tony but like after his loss I was like walking by I'd seen him so much the week like leading up to that fight that he came up and like gave me a fist bump he's like ah next time I'm like that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't <laughs> seen you for four days mm-hmm. so it's i wasn't expecting the, the 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 fighters to interact with the media as much as possible probably just because we were around each other so much thank you so much for um calling in in between your flights i, I know it was kind and, of a mad uh, rush to get to the jacksonville airport and now here you are in dallas yeah. on the way home so the dallas airport is a nightmare i hate it <laughs> huh. I, I do appreciate you you making time for uh for a good cup of coffee even though oh, you yeah, don't yeah, have you, any. You anything. Aww. Aww. All right, sign us off, Esther. Do your big cool sign off. My big cool sign off is just thanks for listening and watching Coffee Talk with me, Esther Lynn, E. Casey Lighted, and Jose Youngs. And uh, tune back in later on this week for A Side and what the heck and all the great stuff MMA Fighting has for you and all the coverage on these future pandemic times and cards. And, uh, yeah. And hopefully we may hopefully all three of us will be at UFC 250. Hopefully wherever yeah. they, hopefully. when there's a when wherever there's a date and venue. Yeah. Whenever they get a date and venue, uh, well we will do our best to be there. And I hope it's a drive. I do not want to fly. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. All right. All right, Jose. Thank you. Be safe. Put your mask on. Don't cough on people. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.